Last week, as President Trump was suspended from Facebook and his account was banned from Twitter, right-wing social media users started flocking to a young social media site, Parler. There was a huge surge in users. They had an enormous number, hundreds of thousands of downloads on Friday alone. This is Keech Hagee. She's been covering Parler. Parler pitches itself as a free speech social media network, kind of like an alternative Twitter. This free speech social network was overwhelmed by the surge in new users. At one point on Friday, its servers crashed and people couldn't log into their accounts. But as the site was drawing more users, it was also drawing the scrutiny of big tech. By the end of the weekend, Google and Apple removed Parler from their app stores, and Amazon kicked it off its servers. By early Monday morning, Parler was offline. Parler is really a test case for uh, whether social media companies can really exist without the moderation and fact-checking and labeling that happens on places like Twitter and Facebook. And uh, at this moment, it seems like the answer might be no. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Wednesday, January 13th. Coming up on the show, how Parler got kicked off the internet. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. Parler is kind of like Twitter. You can post messages, follow other people, and even reshare other people's posts. It's been around for two years, and its major selling point is that it allows speech that other platforms don't. But some of that speech has gotten Parler into trouble. Specifically, the posts that were on Parler before and after the attack on the Capitol last week. There were posts leading up to the attack in that day where there were calls for violence. And then there was a lot of posting of pictures on Proud Boy accounts and things like that of the Capitol itself being stormed. So sort of celebration of what had happened and weaving in and out of all that, some calls for actually violent action, saying, let's put Mike Pence in front of the firing squad. As those posts were spreading across Parler, the company got an email from Amazon, which provides Parler with the servers that keep its app and website online. Amazon had received complaints. People out there in the world saying, hey, Amazon, you are hosting Parler on your servers. And just so you know, Parler is a place where this is being organized or Parler is responsible in some way for the thing that is unfolding before our very eyes. And Amazon sent Parler an email on the day of the riot. Just like, hey, just so you know, we're getting complaints about problematic content. You need to deal with this right away. And then Parler writes back and says, okay, we're going to deal with it. They said, you know, we have a process in place to deal with this stuff. And then Amazon wrote back, please consider it resolved. After the back-and-forth emails, Parler thought things with Amazon were cleared up. But they were about to have more issues, this time with Google and Apple. Normally, you can just download Parler on either Google or Apple's app stores. 
But on Friday, both companies made moves against Parler. Google said it was removing Parler from its store for failing to remove, quote, egregious content. Google didn't warn. They just removed them from the Play Store. Apple, on the other hand, gave Parler a warning. Apple said, we've received a bunch of complaints about this problematic content. Here are some links to posts that we think are not okay. Convince us, right, that you can moderate this stuff effectively or we're going to kick you off the App Store. You have 24 hours. The thing that Apple and Google wanted Parler to change was its content moderation system. Up until now, Parler had been building out a content moderation system. They'd been relying on a growing group of more than 600 volunteers, who they called jurors, to manually look over flagged posts and decide whether they should be removed. So we have gotten a look inside their content moderation system, and you can see how a piece of content will come up, and moderators have a choice of things that are wrong with it. You know, maybe it is incitement, maybe there's pornography, maybe it's spam. They have kind of like different buttons they can push. And then they put a little comment on it about, you know, their judgment about it. The problem is that it's slow. They had like a 20,000 post backlog at a certain point wow. after the Capitol storming this week, which is like at least two days. Given the pressure from Apple, on Friday, Parler said that they would make some bigger changes. Parler held a call with the folks from Apple, and they presented their plan. They said, we are going to improve our moderation system. They said that they're going to ramp up their moderators, double them. They had already begun to pay some of them. They were going to pay more of them. They were going to hire professionals to also do this, like sort of full-time, they told Apple, we're going to tell our moderators to go specifically into hot hashtags, look for inciting content, and get rid of it, which is something they didn't do proactively before, right? Only if someone flagged it or whatever would they address it. And they said, we're going to have a proactive approach where we go hunt down inciting content. But those proposals weren't enough. On Saturday, Apple sent Parler a notice that it was removing Parler from its app store, saying the content moderation proposals were inadequate. How do Apple and Google even have the ability or the authority to make these decisions? Where do they derive this power? Well, it comes from their terms of service. So they do have a rather clearly stated terms of service for anyone who wants to be on the Apple App Store, Google Play Store, that says things like, you know, you have to make sure that your user-generated content does not include things like violent content, calls to violence. In Google's case, they demand that you have a, some kind of a way of keeping hate speech out of there. So that's where the power comes from. And the broader power is that we tend to forget, like, these are private companies. People do like to cite the First Amendment, but of course, this really doesn't have anything to do with the First Amendment. The First Amendment is about government. These are private companies. They have the right to make any rules they want about the kind of content that is allowed on their platforms. It's just that they're so big, it feels like it's something else going on, but they're private companies. It's their right. Now that Parler couldn't be found in Apple or Google's app stores, it had gotten much harder for Parler to keep adding new users. But the company was still able to operate. Then, Amazon returned with a decision that threatened Parler's entire existence. That's after the break.
This episode is brought to you by Citizen M. There's no better feeling than finishing work for the day, sipping an ice-cold soda, and nuzzling down into a Citizen M bed. Recharge your brain and batteries at Citizen M Hotels. They're in the tech cities. Menlo Park, Miami, Austin, New York, San Francisco, where people like you work, sleep, and play. Book now at citizenm.com slash the journal. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. Just as Google and Apple were telling Parler that the app was going to be removed from their stores, Parler executives were growing increasingly concerned about the company they thought they were on okay terms with, Amazon. One Parler executive, Amy Peacock, said on Fox News that she was worried about what could happen if Amazon followed Google and Apple's lead. If they were to remove their services, then we'd be down. If they took their service away, we'd be gone. And on Saturday evening, that fear became more real. Amazon said that it was going to kick Parler off of Amazon Web Services. And that was truly the nuclear option. If you don't have your servers, you are not online at all. And they said, we're going to kick you off, you know, midnight Sunday. Was Parler surprised by all this? Yes and no. They say they were surprised by the swiftness of it. They absolutely were. And they believe that they had a fruitful relationship with these tech companies so that They could negotiate and they could come to some sort of agreement about what an acceptable content moderation model would be. But in other ways, they did absolutely know that they were in trouble and on thin ice. Even before the riot, Parler had been receiving concerned messages from Amazon about what was being allowed on the platform. A few weeks earlier, in the wake of the election, um, the middle of December, Amazon wrote to Parler and said, you know, here are four posts of really problematic content, and I mean really problematic. And you need to prove to us that you have a moderation system that can deal with this stuff on your own, right? It's not really Amazon's job to be flagging this stuff. And, you know, Parler wrote back, okay, we're going to deal with it. And they did take it down. But, you know, People close to Amazon's thinking say that this was really the beginning of a major enforcement action. And last Friday, two days after the riot, that major enforcement action came to a head. Amazon sent Parler another email, this time with a bunch of specific examples of violent content on Parler, which Amazon said violated its rules. And at that point, Parler knew it really had a serious problem with Amazon on its hands. And then the next day, Amazon publicly said, you know, it was going to kick it off its servers. When Amazon said it was going to kick Parler off its servers, Parler offered to do something it had long been opposed to, use algorithms to help moderate content. But that proposal wasn't enough. And by early Monday morning, Parler was no longer being hosted by Amazon servers and appeared to be completely offline. If you go to the Parler website, there's nothing there. And what it means for Parler is by, you know, the end of the weekend, they were scrambling for an alternative. So they can buy their own servers 
and create a server farm somewhere. You know, there are a lot of reasons why that is really, really difficult. They can get another cloud service. As of this taping, I don't believe they've found one. Many other companies had the same concerns that Amazon did. So it's likely they will eventually find a partner or some kind of server solution, but it's going to take them very likely weeks of being offline to do that. How often do you see things like that happening? We have seen things like this before. It's not totally unprecedented. There was that Pittsburgh synagogue shooting and another right-wing social media network, Gab, was kicked offline by its web hosting and payment processing. It was a sort of a similar move and Gab has found its way back onto the web since then. So it's not totally unprecedented, but I think what really shocked everyone is that, you know, Amazon Web Services is so widely used. So much of the web runs on that. The idea that they would pull the plug was really shocking to a lot of people. It was also shocking to Parler's CEO, John Mates. In an interview with Fox News on Monday, he argued that the real reason tech companies banned Parler was because they saw it as a growing competitor. Amazon and Apple and uh, Google, they're using this as an opportunity to squash the first real competitor in this space in so many years. You know, that's showing that we can contest the market. So then uh, when they realize the markets are contestable, they uh, squash the competition. On Monday morning, Parler sued Amazon in federal court. They are arguing, essentially, that Amazon's decision was motivated by, quote, political animus and by anti-competitive concerns. They point to the example that over the same weekend that Parler was being deplatformed, Hang Mike Pence was trending on Twitter. And Twitter did eventually shut down that trending topic, But Parler argues that there is a double standard, and because Twitter had just signed this deal with Amazon Web Services, you know, they literally are like another Amazon client. So Parler, they see both a double standard, but also sort of an anti-competitive issue there. They're saying you should have shut down Twitter also. Basically. I mean, I think that that's sort of like the implication there. It's like, why are you shutting us down when there's stuff on Twitter and Facebook that is just as bad? And I do feel like we will now see a debate around those questions. It's, you know, it's already happening. There was a lot of bad content and organization around the Capitol storming on all these platforms, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, as well as other forums and live streaming platforms. So there's blame to go around. Facebook and Twitter have pointed to steps they've taken to remove certain content connected to the Capitol attack. Amazon responded to Parler's lawsuit in court, calling it meritless. As of this morning, Parler remains offline. They've said they've registered their domain with a new company, but that it could take weeks to get fully back up and running. What does it say that this small group of big tech companies can so effectively box out another business? This just says how huge the power of big tech is. It's just a moment where I think even people who really believe that they did the right thing, the big tech companies did the right thing, are still uncomfortable in many ways with just the raw power that they have. Basically, Parler's pitch to people was, come over here, you will have a place that is free from big tech's rules. And by that, it meant like Twitter and Facebook in terms of big tech. And then it ends up falling to big tech's rules, just like a different corner of big tech. I think what happened to Parler shows that content moderation is really hard (laughs) Uh, and is very, very difficult to get right. And it probably says that 
There is a level of proactivity that any social media network has to have about taking down bad stuff that is higher than was previously thought. You have to go out and aggressively take down inciting content quickly if you're going to be on any of the big tech platforms. I was just texting with one source over the weekend who's just like, well, this changes everything. The Amazon decision changes everything. You know, there has been a long, roiling fight, a largely partisan fight in this country about speech and platforms, and this escalated it a great deal. You know, in the past, the fight was really focused on Twitter and Facebook and their moderation, but this is widening the sphere of the fight much bigger than it was before. That's all for today, Wednesday, January 13th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode by Jeff Horwitz. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.